Welcome to the West Wind Unitarian Universalist podcast. Join us in creating compassionate community. What I like about you, praising, thinking, and loving you use. I am not often a serious person. It has taken me many years of study and practice to even begin to be a compassionate person. Who I am now, I would not be without the people in this room, this congregation, and this community. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for just being. I think I may have always been a you-you. It, has, uh, it, was, it was made clear to me in my youth growing up in the Mormon church that while I could ask as many questions as I liked... Um, freely, without restraint. Nobody stopped me. Uh, the answers were not always as satisfactory as I wanted, and sometimes they weren't answers at all. I was uh, tattooing a Mormon woman yesterday. <laughs> See that hook? <laughs> she pointed out, while being tattooed, something that's pretty much forbidden within the Latter-day Saint practice, that no one believed everything their religion said. I find that strange. Sure, I can support a flawed candidate, and I, like, I can like many things about a person, but not like everything about them. I understand that in a democracy, I will not always be happy with the results of a vote. But in my religious practice, especially if it is fundamentally based in faith and divine doctrine, I need to be all in or I am all out. It doesn't seem possible if there is a divine and if that divine has a set of rules that it would be arbitrary. I believe, however, in the seven principles. I'm not a really good spiritual text guy and I'm not a big fan of a divine being, um, but I am totally down with the seven principles. Not because I live them in the world daily. Got to get that point out there. I can regularly be a bit of a not nice person. I even, I censored that up. But because of our congregational, because our congregational body lives the seven principles in the world, I, I'm totally down. I'm going to go over this a little bit. I'm going to stop reading what I wrote because I don't need to anymore. The way that the seven principles work is that we as a congregational body say that the West Wind Unitarian Universalist congregation is going to uphold these principles when it acts in the world as a congregational body. Not as me, an individual person, but we as a congregational body, which is awesome because it is not always possible for me as a person to uphold and act in those principles every action that I do in the world. I want it to be possible But let's be honest, I am a flawed being. That's just the way that works. I don't always always step up to the ideals of who I want to be in my actions in the world. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anyone here is their idealized perfect being when they interact in the world on a regular basis. That's why this community works really well for me. Because theoretically, we are here to balance out those, those inadequacies in our individual self through our group actions. We are a democratic body. We vote for the way that we represent ourselves in society. Because we are a democratic body and because we vote, 
We individually might not always be super thrilled with the way that boat goes, but theoretically, that boat guides us through our seven principal participation. And that I'm totally down for. So, now I'm going to go back to reading. You do an exceptional job of living the, living the seven principles when I can't and when I just don't want to. You march for causes I support when I can't walk. You vote your compassion at the polls, helping my vote count. Doesn't help me to go and vote the way I feel and, and, and compassion and have everybody else be like, well, I really need a smaller tax burden. You attend meetings and fundraisers and documentary movie discussions, enriching our congregational narrative and group compassion of your own volition. No one here is forced to do anything. I will not call you on the phone and ask you why you didn't attend the documentary series or why you didn't attend service today, right? Now, if you call me on the phone and you're like, hey, listen, I can't make service, I'm not feeling well, well, I'll take that information and do something useful with it and hopefully help you find a way to feel better or you know, let other people know to light a candle, right? But I'm not hunting you down. And nobody in this room is hunting people down to force them into action, right? We work as an educational body to inform, and then that responsibility falls on your shoulder to take that information and use it to your best ability. If you are not a wealthy person... I do not expect you to go out and spend hundreds of dollars for a table banquet dinner to make fundraisers. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be your calling in this moment, right? And if you are a wealthy person who can buy as many tables at that fundraiser as you want, but you personally think that that money could be better served somewhere else, I'm not here to force you to buy a ticket to the table. What I'm here to do is encourage you to continue on a daily basis to strive to be the best person you can be. And when you fall short in that capacity, there are other people around you who help to fill in, those, fill in that short failing, right? Literally, showing up with ladders or stepping stools to help you overcome that, that, that failing. It's not about judgment, right? I'm not here to judge you in your actions and say, you know what? Today you really sucked as a human. <laughs> it's not the way it's going to go. However, I have been in conversation and talked to people within our congregation who were like, this action really hurt me. The way this person responded to me really undermined my integrity as a person and it really harmed me. I feel that. I don't want you to be harmed. I don't want our community at large to undermine your integrity to be your better person. So my goal is to help us facilitate ways that we can begin to recognize the harm that we intentionally and unintentionally do in the world and mitigate that through conversation, dialogue, and respect. It's not easy. And it definitely falls into one of those categories of me being more serious than I usually am. However, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. It just takes some time. And it takes some effort. It takes some acknowledgement. Sorry. You research, you read, study, you pay attention to the world in ways I would never alone accomplish. I cannot read every book that's written, although I have put forth a real hard effort. I'm a big movie guy. I can't watch every documentary that's been made. I can't see every YouTube clip. I can't sit down for every TED Talk. I can't attend every class. 
That's why the congregation becomes an extension of my inquiry into truth and meaning. We work collectively to come to that space. When we work collectively, I have people in this congregation who go to public meetings and addresses, and they bring that information back to our congregation and enrich our congregational narrative. When I say narrative, that's literally what I mean. The story we tell as a community. The story we tell as a community should be reflecting our seven principles. That story is enriched by our interaction with the world. It gives us an opportunity to expand our empathy and understanding and to create compassionate interaction. It's not possible for me to do it alone, just like it's not possible for any one individual in this room to do it all by themselves. However, if we work collectively, we create the opportunity for more compassionate and good, compassion and goodwill to be expressed within the world. And you guys do a good job of that. In your individual jobs, in your individual volunteer work, in your individual homes, you guys express your understanding of the seven principles. You actively try and understand and compassionately interact with the people around you. And when that fails, you come back and you address that failure within this community so that we can be like, you know what? I really thought I was helping these people in line in front of me at the store and I ended up making everything worse. Has anybody else had that experience? When you had that experience, did you go home and like get on Facebook and rant? Or did you find an opportunity to get in conversation with people about how you can maybe do that experience differently the next time? You rant? Okay. I would put forth that you might find a little bit more enlightenment if you find a way to have that conversation with other people and feel out how other people respond to and act in that scenario. It is not easy to read everyone's emotional map, right? I'm working with our teens right now to talk to them about emotional intelligence. And today we talked about the hijacking of your emotions that happens with the amygdala in your brain. Those of you who aren't familiar with this concept, there's a lot of YouTube videos. It's not hard. Type in hijacking emotions. You'll get plenty of two-minute videos. The premise is that the amygdala in your brain reacts to fight-or-flight responses very quickly. It was thought for a very long time that that was all it does, but it also reacts to positive reinforcement very quickly as well. You see, hear, smell things. It goes to the amygdala, and then it distributes... Uh, um, not, not pheromones, but distributes proteins and, and enzymes and stuff in your body that make you feel a particular way. If you can't identify why you're feeling some way, then you can get yourself in a situation in which you react without having thought about why you're reacting, and then you end up regretting that reaction. And in that regret, you find that you have to go back and, you know, I'm really sorry I punched you in the face, but I thought you said something negative about my mother. <laughs> Or you actually did say something negative about my mother, but maybe my best response was not to punch you in the face. Maybe my best response would have been to leave the room and not talk to you anymore, right? That hijacking of your emotion is when your emotions control you. We want to be emotionally intelligent. We want to control our emotions. When we work in community together towards compassion, interaction, and understanding, when we work towards empathy so we understand people who are not ourselves, we are working towards being emotionally intelligent. We are working towards using our emotions, using our emotions, not being used by them. And so you as a congregation, individuals, plural, 
here now, have that opportunity to participate with empathy. And the only way to get empathy is through understanding. And the only way to have understanding is either through A, physically having something happen to you, or B, identifying with someone else's experience and being like, oh, that's what that means. Theoretically, you do not have to be a refugee from a war-torn country to have empathy for people who are refugees from war-torn countries, right? You can read a newspaper and you can see their stories and you can hear them talk on television and you can watch the commercials or however that works for you. You can study that information and you can expand your own narrative without actually personally having to experience that, that state, okay? When we bring that narrative to the congregation, then our intellectual and emotional capacity and intelligence within our congregation grows through that growth of narration. It no longer becomes my individual burden to understand what everyone's going through. I can trust you people that I love to support me and be like, no, I don't really think that that person was actively trying to harm you. I just think that person's actions harmed you. There's a difference, right? Here's the part of the conversation. Here's something you might have missed. Here's the way we can look at this. It's all possible. All of that said, thank you for your work and for your presence. I love that you guys participate in community. And I know it is not easy. It is not easy to assume every time you feel slighted that somebody wasn't intentionally slighting you. Because, let's be honest, they might very well have intentionally been slighting you. I'll tell you right now, I can throw some shade. <laughs> but if we can't acknowledge the harm that we're doing and try and mitigate it and try and apologize for it and try and to rectify it, then we're, we're really not growing, right? We read the children's story today about the seven principles. It was a very watered down, simple child's version of that. But I think it's true. Every day, we need to try and be the better person that we can be. And if we can just look back on the previous day and be like, I can do this a little bit better, then I, I think we're moving forward. I, I think that's a positive way to work. We can look at every day and be like, you know what? Yesterday I did this, but I don't think I have to do this today. We're going to find that we're going to continue to broaden and expand the compassionate narrative of our community. Thank you for participating. Thank you for allowing West Wind Unitarian Universalist Congregation to fulfill its obligations to the seventh, seven principles in the world. And with that alarm, <laughs> I will close by again pointing out, oh, where did it go? Thank you for being you, and thank you for being you, you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To learn more about Unitarian Universalism and to connect with us, please visit www.westwind.com uuc.org or find us on Facebook at West Wind Unitarian Universalist Congregation. Mm -hmm.